0: Hey, everyone. Podcasting's B.P. Burke here. And I just want to mention that around 13 minutes or so into this show, there were some technical difficulties. You'll hear some audio distortion, some popping and clicking. It only lasts for about a minute and a half or two minutes or so. And we apologize for the technical glitch. Uh, Just try to bear with it or skip past to about the 15, 17 minute mark and you'll, you'll be by it. Thank you and enjoy the show. Or, you know, don't enjoy the show. It's, it's your call. It's up to you.
1: This is a Project Humanoid production.
0: Wham-o. At the dawn of the 1980s, it seemed like Dorothy Stratton was destined for superstardom. The perfect cross between the girl next door and the sultry siren with natural acting skills to boot, she was poised for breakout success. But, in a scene reminiscent of a blockbuster thriller, a love triangle showcasing the most hedonistic aspects of Hollywood ended everything before it could start. In episode 168, we talk about Dorothy, my dude. Project Humanoid. This is Murder, My Dude. I'm B.P. Burke. And today I'm Jackson Wells. And it seems like we haven't retired. We're, we're back for episode 168. We are. That is across the street from...
1: Yeah. Us. Not here. Not now. Not no. here,
0: not now. Not ever. Oh, wait. Well, the, at one point in time... At well, yes. one point, yeah. Probably. Yes. Was that, was that Bill? I believe so. Yeah, I think that would have been Bill, the barber.
1: So we had a barber uh, that lived across the street from us. So if you don't know, let's let's rehash this. Uh, I'm Jackson Wells. And today B- you're Jackson Wells. Today, and that's BP Burke. But now back back in the day, oh, it wasn't Jackson Wells. He was always BP Burke. Yeah, Brian it's my, Burke. That's my real Burke. name. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, and so where we lived, uh, it was a town called Collingdale, Dale. I don't know. I said Dell. It's Collingdale, uh, Pennsylvania. I'm originally from from Philadelphia, and he's originally from England. And so we, uh, but eventually we we moved to... I'm
0: actually originally from Peru. I was born in Lima. You're born in Ohio. No, I wasn't. Lima, Ohio. You no, no, I was where? born in Lima, you, Peru. You
1: were living next Toys to Else No. You were next to... <laughs> okay, so so this is a shoot, brother. He was born next to a Toys R Us. But you you don't know if the Toys R Us was there. I don't. In 1983.
0: Aging me over there,
1: jeez. I uh, uh, will give out your. I just gave out your government name. Yeah. Brian Paddington Burke. So uh, anyway, we we end up living in a town called Collingdale, Pennsylvania. I don't know why I keep saying it like that, but I do. And uh, and you lived at the end, and I lived in the middle. And on my side of the street, across the street from you, directly across the street from you, was a barber named Bill. And Bill had his barbershop on the porch.
0: Yeah. It was a
1: very, very, very small porch.
0: Yeah, it was a small, very, very, very small barbershop, ergo. Yeah. Extremely small.
1: And uh, the reason why he had it is because it was, like, grandfathered in. Yeah. I think, like... Uh, no it's not, not that i think i know so like when when bill sold the house or whatever like nobody else could run a barbershop from there right you you couldn't get uh like commercial or whatever what what's it called um zoning yeah yeah it was a, right residential zo- zoning versus com- uh, commercial zoning
0: and industrial zones i know that from playing sim city right
1: uh and uh, he was a very nice guy and then we had another guy named Bill who was a racist. I mean, um uh, Tony, who was a racist. Very racist. Another barber,
0: yeah. Yeah. And we had Bill the nice barber and Tony the racist barber. He was also nice. The nice racist the barber. The nice
1: racist guy, unless you're black. Which uh I, I don't know if I've told the story on here, but I had a friend named Leon. And uh Leon was black. And I went to uh I used to go, I used to go to, you know, back and forth. Like if I when was Bill open? Was he Fridays?
0: He was only open, like, two days a week. Yeah, I think it was, like, Thursday and Friday. He was an older guy. He was semi-retired, I believe. We <laughs> just said something else. No, White no, retired. Not... I'm uh, assuming at this point he's probably dead. I know he wasn't for a while. I know you would keep tabs yeah, on him yes. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he
1: wasn't. You're right. He wasn't for a long time.
0: But, like, when we moved away, and this was, we moved away from there, like... 2006. Yeah, so, like, 17 years ago. He was, like, almost 90 at that point, I believe.
1: Yeah. Um... So uh I would sometimes go to Tony, like if I if I don't know, if I needed it on like a Tuesday or something like I think all barbershops are closed on Mondays. I yeah, think it, it seems
0: to be the tradition.
1: Yeah. And um so like I I don't know, if I wanted my haircut on like a Tuesday or Wednesday or something like that, I would go to Tony. And I don't know what the price uh, what the prices were, but I think Bill was a little cheaper.
0: I think so, yeah.
1: Um but like you said, he was older, he was an older guy. And you know, it, it was I guess there was a slight difference in, in their style. I I know that if you went to Tony and you were like, Yeah, yeah, when it faded a little bit in the back, he would yell at you <laughs> and say, It's not faded, it's tapered. Beeps use the word faded. And you know what he's saying. Yeah. You say beeps like that. Retired people. <laughs> uh no, he would he would say the N word. Yeah. And, um, again, dude, I'm young. I'm, you know, I'm, when I, I moved there when I was 14. And, uh, Leon, me and Leon were, were pretty close when I was like 15. And one day I go in and I go to get my haircut and Leon's with me. And, uh, I guess about a week later, my dad went to get his, his haircut. And Tony goes, Hey Jack, uh, do me a favor. Cause my dad's name was Jack. Uh, Tell your son next time he comes in not to bring that beep in, and I'll tell you, man. I've heard my dad say the word in front of Leon one time. We were driving to Philly, and somebody cut us off, and uh, I remember my dad saying the word, and he go, he turns, he goes up, oh, sorry, Leon, you know how it is, and I was mortified, you know, because mm-hmm. I think each generation it starts to get weeded out, like yeah. the just how comfortable you are using these words. You know, it seems like it, yeah. And uh, man, I felt really uncomfortable and I really didn't like that. But I'll say this my dad really didn't like when Tony said that about Leon, right? Because I think my dad was comfortable saying it about somebody he didn't know or didn't like, probably, or didn't yeah. like, right? But not somebody he knew. Now, I know people are listening, like, oh, that's a, you gotta understand. When you're raised saying this and feeling so comfortable and living in, in a segregated city, Philadelphia was very segregated. You know, like Boston's very segregated. Um, people are going to say these things, you know, they're just going to. Maybe not everybody. I think if you lived in a city, you probably wouldn't say it regardless of your experience. Um. I... I can't say that about a lot of other people, though, that, you know, right. and uh, but uh, but to my dad's credit, man, he was pissed that Tony said that and um, I kind of just stopped going there. So I would I would focus on going to, to Bill and yeah, and I I don't know what his address was, but I think he may have been because you were 167 and I think that he was. Uh, I don't know. He could have been 168, but 167 kind of is, is like a special number to us. Where we have this, uh, I don't know. I I, I kind of wanted to rename Project Humanoid to like PH one six seven, kind of like going with something a little funkier. Yeah. Um, but I was, you know, it's just that thing. Like we we we've we've come up with a lot of things in in the one sixty seven house. We've we've brainstormed a lot there. We had other uh, podcasts that we weren't even podcasts yet. We had podcast ideas. We, we, it wasn't even like a, like a, it was like a seed, seedlings. Yeah. You know, but, like there were these fake shows. Remember mm-hmm. we had the Jack and Brian show?
0: Yeah. What happened to that? Nothing. I don't think we, I don't think we ever even recorded an episode I, of that. I don't think we did. um Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it though, hmm. should have did an episode about like a killer barber for 160. I, didn't, I wasn't even thinking of that. Like. It should have been like a barber that killed people. Like, like Sweeney Todd. Like Sweeney Todd, yeah. Yeah. But I didn't do that. But you it didn't. It's too late now.
1: Hey, guys, uh, actually, yes, you did. Welcome to episode 169. Yeah, we were releasing them out of order. Out of order <laughs> yeah. for the first time ever. Uh, welcome to episode 169. Wow. Last week, 167, that barber episode, that was a doozy. Oh,
0: yeah, I can't believe that it ended like that.
1: Yeah. Woo. Man, I- remember when that? yeah when they... i
0: didn't even know you could fit scissors in there you better hope that
1: last week's episode yeah wink wink uh-huh. it's fitting something in somewhere
0: yeah yeah so boy that was crazy that's the most creative use of barbicide i've ever seen
1: <laughs> okay um so uh since this is episode 169 now uh two weeks ago whatever uh i guess well, it was two weeks ago yeah no, no technically, technically oh I maybe mean, four weeks ago yeah, because last um, week a month uh, ago um, shut up oh, okay. we're, we're stepping out of, breaking a fourth wall uh last week was my oldest son's birthday okay we're, we're coming back real quick back to it's 168 again mm-hmm. okay we forgot uh, to
0: mention this on the barber show
1: <laughs> yeah that th- we keep going back it totally forth? exists right yeah uh actually my, my, my oldest son's birthday was it was six, his 16th birthday uh, I woke up that, that morning now people have heard about Murder Kitty the, the local stray cat that lives in our yard um, Murder Kitty decided a few weeks ago I don't think she decided I think it just happened um, I opened the door to let the dog out and I see Murder Kitty sitting there we have a little patio area and I see Murder Kitty sitting there and she has with her two little demons. Two tiny little demons with her.
0: Kittens. Yeah. I'm you said demons. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and they grow up to be devils. And, well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> about that. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah.
1: In some cases. Um, and um, one was a little orange one. And one was a little darker one. Black, orange, white and um what the orange one is uh, slightly bigger than the than the darker one and uh for about 2 weeks um i kind of formed a little bond with the darker one i'll go out and i'd sit outside for a while and the darker one will the, the orange one complete ladies ladies soldiers cunt.
0: um no, it's a cat so yeah
1: complete cut no no because the other one was so fucking sweet just so sweet would let me play with its little paws or let me like tickle its belly and i mean it just it would like crawl on me it was just the, the cutest fucking thing so i formed this bond with with this thing and um meanwhile i'm trying to i'm, I'm texting people i'm trying to find a home for it for them mm-hmm. and um i'm just gonna get to it uh the morning of my son's birthday, I wake up and I go to let the dog out and uh, the cat's dead. The dark one. I found the cat dead. Now, I kind of built this like little fort thing because you don't want cats and it's not your it's not anything against you. This is your house. You don't want cats in here. They're stray cats. They're this. They're the kittens of a stray cat. You don't want them in here. N- nothing against you.
0: Yeah, I hate cats. You hate cats. It's been fairly well established on this show that I hate cats. This is is a shoot. You hate
1: cats. You do not want them in your house. And 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 if you like
0: cats, that's fine. Go like cats. I'm not saying you can't like cats. I don't. I hate them. Yeah. They're my least favorite animals.
1: Right. And I don't really care for them too much, but it's getting colder out and i can't see an animal just i don't know man especially like little kittens something just i felt bad so i built this like a little fort for it i built this like you know i built the built this thing so i can try to make sure these things are and they, they gravitated towards it they went in and the you know the cats were like sleeping in it and uh the one uh morning i got you know morning of my son's birthday i go to let the dog out and um right outside of the little thing because there was like a curtain thing over it um it was laying out of it and i don't know what happened but it was just laying there and i knew as soon as i saw as soon as i saw it like laying there i was like oh fuck and i went over and i sat on the uh sat on the chair and i i didn't know what to do i went in the kitchen i literally just started crying and i i went back out and I actually got a gardening glove. I went back out and I picked it up. And I fucking I was holding it. And I'm just like, it is the cutest little thing. Like I said, I formed this little bond with it. And um and it's dead, you know? So yeah, so I ended up burying it and um I was able to rehome the orange one. Nobody wants to stray one. So
0: bittersweet, bittersweet ending. At least one of the cats was yeah able to find a good home
1: yeah and right now we're in the process of trying to find the other one cuz the local shelters are like inundated with cats they don't want cats you know other shelters you have to pay them 40 bucks something like that yep. um you know so i'm trying to find somebody cuz that, that that cat's it's a sweet it's a sweet cat it's just you know it's got to find a home and it's not anybody's responsibility per se Uh, But I've kind of taken it upon me. And now I know you you say, well, the the more you feed it, the more it's going to come around. I get that. I totally get that. But the way I I see it is like a homeless person. Like, yeah, people don't want homeless people around either. But what are you going to do? Stop feeding them? You know, like I feel bad. I mean, I I, look, I know I come across as a certain type of person on the show. But I've always had this fucking weird thing for cats. I don't like, I'm not a cat person. I'm a dog person. But, I was the kid that would disappear for hours that they would find in a fucking abandoned house. This is a true story with cats.
0: Oh, he a cat boy. I don't know what that is from. It's from the Roy- uh, the Righteous Gemstones. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's uh, Uncle Baby Billy. Yeah. But I think it's his son. It's like, either a cat boy or a dog boy. Some people think they're both, but you gotta be one or the other. And he takes the kid to, like, the pet shop. Yeah. And he goes up to the thing with the cat. And he goes, oh, he a cat boy. I don't remember that. And then, like, as they're picking out the cat, Baby Billy just leaves. <laughs> <laughs> he,
1: like, leaves That's the why the he's your shop. favorite character.
0: <laughs> yeah. So,
1: uh, yeah, they literally, they would find me, like, in an abandoned house. And, and then other times I would smuggle cats in my house. Like, I would smuggle them in in my backpack. And I'd, like, hide them in my closet and all this shit. And there's a picture of me. I'm probably like seven, something like that. Six. I don't know how old I was. Uh, And I'm like at the kitchen table, like just smiling this huge, you know, smile and holding these fucking stray cats. I don't know. I just I, I just I, I have a weird thing for. For like animals, I don't know, but yeah, so. At least the uh, at least the orange one, that little fucking jerk off, at least that one got a house, right?
0: That's right. Yeah. And if you would like to adopt the adult stray cat, you can reach out to us at murdermydude@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Yeah, but, We're a podcast and cat adoption service now.
1: Yeah. If you're close to Pottsville, Pennsylvania. I'll
0: mail the cat.
1: You'll mail the cat? Yeah.
0: Okay. How many poster stamps to mail a cat?
1: <laughs> this is not Garfield, dude. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, if you have any questions or comments, email us at murdermydude@gmail.com. at uh, Facebook podcast my dude but if you search murder my dude you'll find us we're on instagram murder my dude x murder my dude and i think that's about it i believe that's the full right. name oh, is uh, the threads. social
0: network x formerly known as twitter
1: yeah.
0: uh, are we on threads too? yeah we're on threads
1: but we're the only ones
0: <laughs> we're literally the <laughs> only ones on threads so no
1: i actually got like two notifications like people still will follow us on there and and it's like it's very slow like we really don't have anybody uh, following us there but hey also guys when we say uh we're on instagram when we say follow us actually follow us we, we we know you're there we know you're listening it's either you're listening or like we said before you just you subscribed and you forgot about <laughs> us or you put us on the go to sleep or something yeah what do you fucking see am punk so all right yeah, so enough of that jibber jabber. We're now going to get into a little segment that we like to call "This Week of Murder." Chicago. <laughs> I just said CM Punk. Chicago. It's funny. I want that beef. Questions? What? Oh, I thought this had a round. I could read. Questions abound in suburban Chicago family killing. Sus... Is that a comma or a period?
0: That is a that is a comma after killing. It is? After suspect, it is a, that is a period. That is a period. It's a period after killing. It's a comma after suspect.
1: Okay. Let's try this again.
0: Questions abound in suburban Chicago
1: family killing. Suspect, person of interest, also dead.
0: The, is that good? That was good. Okay. I like that. Okay, uh, I, I think we're going to keep that one. The village of Romeoville, Illinois, 26 miles southwest of Chicago, was the site of a mid-September massacre that left an entire family in the suspected culprit or culprits dead. Do you ever hear anybody that says massacre? I Bes- don't. Besides me just now?
1: Um, yeah. 1930s movies.
0: <laughs> the, the thing that I always think of when I think of massacre is that song Alice's Restaurant by Arlo Guthrie. Mm. The anti massacre movement. Mm. Uh, a family of four, 32-year-old Zoraida Bartolome. And fake. Alberto Rolon, her 38 year old husband, along with to their say sons. fake, fake name. But... What's that?
1: I was just trying to say a fake name, but you know, it wasn't allowed. Uh, sorry. <laughs>
0: uh, along with their sons, Adriel and Diego, ten and seven respectively, were gunned down in their home, along with the family's three dogs. Son of a bitch, <laughs> killing dogs. Within hours, a manhunt ensued for the suspected killer, Nathaniel Huey Jr. A 31-year-old who ran an unlicensed private security firm and was described by his stepdaughter as a, quote, very dangerous man. I'll say. It's a little bit of an understatement. Yeah. While police are confident they know Huey's motive, it is yet to be released to the public. Police cryptically pointed toward a, quote, nexus between our suspects and the victims, as well as possible motives. So, like, okay, well, we know why he did it, but we ain't telling, essentially. Our detectives and crime scene investigators have spent the last 36 hours collecting a tremendous amount of physical evidence. We were able to determine that this was not a random incident, Romeoville Deputy Police Chief Chris Byrne told the media. Maybe it was a turf war and the other people were from Julietville. Right. Well, isn't it? There's There's a a Joliet. There's a Joliet. Yeah. 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 Romeoville and Joliet. Do they have like a high school football game every year? There's got to be... They call it, like, like, the Battle of Verona?
1: Yeah. Yeah, there, there's there got to be that uh, Chi, Chichester, Sun, Sun Valley, <laughs> like, type of...
0: They play every year on Thanksgiving? Yeah, there's got to be. The neighborhood the crime has occurred in has been described as quiet, and neighbors were surprised by a lack of noise and gunshots, uh, or gunshot sounds, at least. Though images of Huey on his security firm, Black Bear Securities social media show he possessed sophisticated weaponry and may have suppressed his gunfire. I, I don't like
1: the wording here by sophisticated weaponry. Uh, unless this is Kingsman.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, then, you then think it, like James Bond gadgets and shit?
1: Yeah, unless it's that, then I, I don't want to hear, I don't want to read the word sophisticated. You know? He probably had a fucking AR-15. He probably had a, you know, a, a couple shit, you know, shits that anybody can get
0: well an ar-15 you would have heard you would think that so he could have done you the cheap silencer it. where he put like a coke bottle over the you muzzle. can you
1: can they they're they have 3d printable fucking silencers i mean maybe that's what they're talking about by sophisticated weaponry maybe they're talking about like some kind of 3d printed guns ghost guns mm-hmm. yeah. they, they have these things like they exist but but to me that's not really sophisticated you know like 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 a little
0: lipstick that turns into a fucking cannon. <laughs> so, so fake is sophisticated. Fake weapons are sophisticated. What are you talking about fake? I, I oh the lipstick cannon's real? No. Oh. But And I, I was talking about that.
1: Oh uh, uh, no, you're t- are you talking specifically about the lipstick cannon? I'm talking about like I'm talking so- Q shit, James Bond. Shit. That's the, the, those things are real. Those things are fucking real. They have they literally have they, they were show I, I was watching a spy thing, and it was legit things where people were like, "Oh, these things aren't real," and they showed
0: they are. Well, I know they always say with Get Smart, the uh, the TV show Get Smart, that when Mel Brooks and Buck Henry were putting together stuff that like Maxwell Smart had, that the I guess it was the CIA or or like either the FBI or the CIA came and they were like, "Hey, how did you know about that?" About like the Gun of Silence. Yeah, or maybe the shoe phone. I don't know what. Yeah. So. Nathaniel Huey Jr. was, however, told by a court to refrain from possessing a firearm or other dangerous weapons after several arrests in 2016 and 2017 for several charges, including multiple charges for battery and DUI. I'm having a problem with this guy's name, by the way. It's reminding me of
1: Huey Lewis and Nathaniel Hornblower. Jr. <laughs> Nathaniel Hornblower Jr. You know Nathaniel Hornblower, isn't Yeah.
0: You, you do? I No. I, I know the name, but I don't know who specifically it is.
1: It's... I believe it's the name that uh, one of the Beastie Boys would use. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the director? Yeah. Directed by... Yeah, like the... The uh, the videos are always directed by him? Yeah. Okay, that does make sense. That does ring a bell, rather. It makes sense because it's what happened. Because it bells. <laughs> yeah, it rings. Yeah, that bells. We should say that. That's a new saying. That bells?
1: Yeah, if it, like, rings a bell, like, you remember something?
0: Yeah, yeah that bells. I can ring with that.
1: Yeah. I like that, too. I can ring with that. That bells.
0: Yeah. Police were able to locate Huey in Oklahoma a few days after the shooting. That's some en- place engaging in it. Eh, is it really though? I don't believe in it. I think that they did
1: something very like progressive recently. Oklahoma, like really? yeah, like super progressive, huh? Yeah, so I'll, I'll have to look that up.
0: So police located Huey in Oklahoma and engaged him in a chase. That then did in a crash. Two gunshots were heard, and it's believed that Huey shot both himself and a passenger in the car, 50-year-old Irma Linda Palomo, who was listed as Huey's wife on his social media. Although I believe not in that order. I think he shot her and then himself, because he died. According to neighbors, the two were engaged, not married, and had been together for six years. Palomo, 50, was a mother of five with five grandchildren. She was also considered a person of interest in the case. She and Huey were traveling in her car during the chase. Palomo's family claimed that she was scared and told them, take care of my grandbabies before cutting off contact. It's suspected, again, that Huey shot Palomo before turning the gun on himself. Huey was pronounced dead at the scene, while Palomo died in the hospital shortly thereafter.
1: Yeah, I can't find anything about... um about any kind of progression yeah Yeah, I think it was regarding like LGBTQ stuff but I can't because I'm reading that that at some point earlier on in the year they passed some like don't say gay bill Mm -hmm. don't say gay or trans bill yeah like March 21st Oklahoma House passes don't say gay or trans bill Um, but I could have swore that I just heard something recently like within the last week because I, I was like, I remember looking and going, really? Oklahoma? Oklahoma. Yeah. And it, it, it was, but I don't know what the hell it was. No. Okay. All right. Um, are we on the next one now? We are. Okay. Trial begins in case of Turkish DJ killed in the UK.
0: Girlfriend held captive for two days. In a scene straight out of a modern crime movie, it's believed that Mehmet Alpergan a well-known 43-year-old Turkish DJ... I'm that age! ...was brutally tortured and killed while his girlfriend was being held captive last October. Oh, so I guess he was 43 then, so he would be 44 now if he were alive. Almost a year later, court proceedings are revealing a gruesome picture of the events following Alpergen's abduction on October uh, 2022. Alpergen and his 34-year-old girlfriend, Gadzi Dalbudak... Mm. Uh, we're coming home from an Italian restaurant in the upscale London neighborhood of Mayfair. Yeah, that's in Philly. This is the London version. In Philly. No, it's in London. L- London, Philly. No, London, England. Let me ask the you a question. Is okay. there
1: is there a Kensington in, in, in England?
0: Yes. Mm. Is there a Kensington in Philly? Yes. I digress. But we're talking about the one in England. Yeah. In London yes. specifically. London, England, Philly. London, England is not in Philly. Yeah. Is there a London, England in Philly?
1: Uh, are they missing teeth? Some of them, especially in Kensington. Well, there you go. I ah. rest my case. Good. Your case needs to get some sleep. Thank you.
0: So the uh, the Turkish DJ and his girlfriend were abducted by six men near the stadium. Did for they need that many? No, but they had that many, oh. I guess. Oh, yes. Uh, near the stadium for English. Use what you have, right? Yeah. Uh, near the stadium for English Premier League Soccer Club. Tottenham Hotspur. That's and a
1: stupid name.
0: <laughs> That's just name. a dumb name. They, they, I think they're colloquially called the Spurs. But yeah, their name was Tottenham Hotspur.
1: Wasn't he a pharaoh or something? In, uh, that was Tutankhamen. Uh, that was too damn common.
0: And we're they were And they were taken to an empty wine bar nearby. That's <laughs> Why is it empty?
1: Well, you can't even there. drink then. I'm
0: guessing it's closed. Yeah. Uh, the six perpetrators, Stephen Gordon. Okay. Tejan Kennedy or Tejin Kennedy, I don't know. I like Tejan. I like that. Tejan Kennedy. Yeah, let's
1: go with that one.
0: Samuel Awisi Apoku. That's a cool fucking name. Junior Kettle.
1: <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> he sounds so tiny. He's Ali, like a little He's like a little kettle. You know?
0: Ali Kavak. That's kind of cool too. Ali Kavak. And Edragon Okay. Okay. Uh ages ranging from 26 really? to 56. Really? It was just okay. I said,
1: You've you had said better. You said, uh, yeah, but you you should have corrected me. <sighs> Gotta teach you this, these fucking things. One of these I'm, days I'll I'm, learn I'm, how I'm to. I'm so stuck
0: on uh, Junior Kettle. Uh, and, and Alicia Poku. Jackson like, Alicia Poku would be a good name for I you. I like that. Uh, so they all face charges of murder, kidnapping, false imprisonment, and perverting my, justice. My dude. Wasn't perverting justice the people who would, like, try to catch people chatting with kids online i had no idea what that's perverted about. justice it was like they were the people that would catch,
1: oh like, are those the, are they the ones that were behind the lll uh, pretend you
0: said 18 yes okay yeah okay and i think they did a so, lot of, like the dateline ones
1: the, yeah there were these people that did it like on their own and because of that they,
0: they were like fucking with it was basically entrapment. Yeah, they could, like, what they were doing wasn't standing up in court.
1: Right, and so people were, like, going free. Yeah. They,
0: I, I think now they work more in concert, because I think they did a lot of the dateline things, so they work more with local law enforcement to make sure they're not yeah. crossing a line and that they can actually arrest people. Mm. But anyway, uh, the these six are believed to have tracked down Alpergen by placing a tracking device on his car. So that's how they knew he was, like, leaving the wine bar, he was or leaving the Italian restaurant, and he was near uh, Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like that name, do you? <laughs> no. Not a fan. Uh, the prosecution alleges that Corre Alpergen was kidnapped and tortured so that he might be punished for something that he had done, or else forced, or forced to have given up something that he knew, or perhaps the whereabouts of either drugs or money which his kidnappers also wanted to know, said Prosecutor Crispin Ailette.
1: What the fuck is with these names? Crispin? Just have a god damn Let's have a normal name like fucking Joe Smith. Come on, man.
0: Uh, the DJ was also believed to be at least $40,000 in debt, and the killing seemed to be almost assuredly drug-related. I have
1: to be Jackson Wilson, who thinks that all white names are the right names. Jeez. I think Crispin is... Ailette? Oh what is that is that french
0: go back go back to french land it's believed that alpergan was stripped naked and beaten both with his uh hands and feet is both with hands and feet punches and kicks i don't understand this by the way
1: what the fuck are you doing stripping these people naked are you like are you are they into them like is it a gay thing For the people doing it, or is it too embarrassed? Because if you're going to kill this person, you know that they're not really feeling the embarrassment, right? The embarrassment is probably the last thing that they're worried
0: about. He was also scalded with boiling water.
1: Oh, that, okay. Yes.
0: It also uh, looks like he was stabbed in the feet. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to stab you in the feet if you don't tell us where the money is, see? What the fuck? Uh, and then he was eventually killed and left in the woods of Essex, England. And then punched in the elbow. Where he was found by a dog walker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this fucking story is so stupid. My love, don't be scared. going is said to have yelled out to Dumbledore during the ordeal. Oh, my God. Isn't he a Harry Potter character? That's Dumbledore. <sighs> Sorry, my love. He also cried in between his screams of pain. Dalbodak had come to the UK from Turkey. <laughs> and uses his magic. No, it's a she, and that she has no magic. She used, she came from Turkey on a magic carpet. Turkey. Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Very obscure reference. Also from the UK, from their version of Family Feud. I saw that clip just a few days ago. Name something you take to the beach. Turkey. Turkey. Na- What's the first thing you buy when you go to the supermarket? Turkey. Name a food you stuff Turkey! <laughs> I love that. Uh, she has no plans to return to the UK for the trial. My love, don't be scared for... I will... Like, what? Who wrote this guy's fucking last words? Uh, who knows? I don't think they were his last words, but he is dead. Oh. Uh, those six people are on trial now. Including the wonderfully named. That's Samuel why they needed Aloisi six. I didn't Hoku. realize
1: how there was magic involved.
0: Yeah, that's why they needed. They had six. to put a like a a spell blocker on. Dalbludok. Dalbludok. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, on to our on to our feature presentation for today. Our feature presentation. If the last story we did on this week in murder was straight out of a Guy Ritchie movie, yeah. our featured topic tonight. Is ripe for modern day near noir, neo noir. Easy for me to say. <laughs> it's near noir. It's, it's not. Near. It's it's not right there, but it's near it. It's neither near nor noir. It's, it's noir. Noir. Yeah. Uh, and like many uh, sleek glamorous stories featuring ho- uh, Hollywood royalty, this one starts with Dutch immigrants in Canada. Uh, Simon and Nellie <laughs> uh settled in the Vancouver, British Columbia. Where they would have a daughter, Dorothy, in 1960, followed by a son, John Arthur, in 1961. That's a strong name, John Arthur Hoogstraten.
1: Yeah, that is a strong name.
0: Uh, Simon left early, uh, shortly after. He's like, I have a son named John Arthur Hoogstraten. There's nothing more for me to do here. Uh, and Nellie had another daughter. I think Hoogstraten. They would have have just call Johnny Hoogs. Yeah. Uh, Nellie had another daughter, Louise, in 1968. Where shout out to Louise. Louisel? playing the our story
1: Louise. that's Louis- a Will. rude fucking name to call her Louisel. you leave her alone unless she's a shit person um that i no, that, that, that's I no so. spoil. but but shout out to other louises then all right yeah you
0: louisels that's why i guess if you if you're a celebrity named louise you could call your fans the Louisals. The louisels yeah uh, i I've, I've a i've a, a very i have a good friend louise
1: uh who is from england and uh, I'm a fan of her, so I guess I should call myself a Louisel. There you go. Yeah. I'm the Louisa.
0: Do you see he's apparently yeah, loving me to play Simmons. like Richard Simmons? Yeah. I saw that, yeah. Early on in life, el- eldest child Dorothy showed off an incredible work ethic. Her mother was a school lunch lady, and Dorothy followed in those food service footsteps uh, by taking a job at a local Dairy Queen where she would work throughout high school.
1: And that's Dorothy is Dorothy. 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 Thy.
0: Dorothy. Doral, uh, Dorothy. Do you want to say Dorothy? From I 1990? say Dorothy. That's why I said the way you Dorothy it. Vader. Dorothy. Yeah. D-A-R-T-H-Y. Dorothy. Yeah, it's Dorothy. Uh, it was at this Dairy Queen that uh, hey. where what? Dorothy would meet the flamboyant Paul Snyder. Uh... He, uh, Though he had gone straight, at least to a degree, when he, by the time he had met Dorothy. And that's Snyder, in quotes, by the way. Yeah. Gone yeah. straight. You would use the finger quotes if he could see us. Yeah. Gone straight. Uh, Snyder was once a Corvette-driving, mink coat-wearing, wearing playboy... Oh, son son of, of a gun! gun. Woo! Um, mink coat-wearing playboy, more on that later, uh, who worked on paper, at least, as an event promoter. But also spent his nights working as a pimp. <sighs> hmm. And this secondary career was hardly a secret in the areas of Vancouver he frequented. Snyder became known as the Jewish pimp because he was Jewish and, and a, a pimp. pimp. Right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and he would also walk around with a a jewel laden Star of David around his neck. He had a, as the kids would say at, at one point, bling bling. Right. As yeah. the kids from like twenty years ago would say.
1: Yes. Uh, they did say these words twenty years ago. Yeah, Snyder had grown just up- like just like hold on, just like if uh, if we were to to do this show today, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be calling it "Murder, My Dude." We'd probably be called like "Murder on God,"
0: yeah, or some shit. "Murder yeah. Facts," "Murder Facts," <laughs>
1: "Murder yeah. Facts," "Murder," no cap is that still a thing no cap yeah they' will still cap no cap but uh yeah but but nobody's saying my dude so it does make you seem a little like murder bruh <laughs> doesn't make you seem a little
0: outdated yeah. I, you gotta remember we came up with this title five years ago I don't think the kids these days are really listening to a lot of podcasts either oh you'd be surprised really
1: yeah you'd be surprised
0: they love the podcast you know what kids you know what kids these days really love mm. is um is uh Ezra Koenig. They love this American life. <laughs> These kids today listening to their NPR and and serial. And fucking 99% invisible. They can't get enough of the podcast. I
1: don't even know what you're talking about. What the fuck is that? It's another podcast.
0: Is it? Yeah. You didn't just make that up? No, no. Well, it's a real podcast. Okay. Snyder had grown up in a broken home. And he'd largely been on his own since dropping out of high uh, school. I was almost at high school, but not even. He dropped out of school in the seventh grade. Embarrassed by his skinny, weak-looking physique, he got a little in the bodybuilding, and particularly would work on his upper body, and he became ensconced in the nightclub scene at an early age. The one illicit trade Snyder would constantly avoid was drugs. He operated on the fringes of legality and was deathly afraid of going to jail, often telling people that he would die before he went behind bars. More on that later. Okay. According to those of Vancouver's underworld at the time, the resistance to get in the big big money drug trade led to him being seen as lesser than to many in the city's organized crime scene. Quote, Nobody trusted him that much, and he was scared to death of drugs, an anonymous source told journalist Teresa Carpenter in an interview that contributed to a Pulitzer Prize-winning article for The Village Voice. He finally lost a ton of money to loan sharks, and the crowd hung him by his ankles from the 30th floor of a hotel. He had if, to leave town.
1: What if he just had really slippery, like, silky socks on?
0: Well, then we probably wouldn't be telling the story right now. It'd be If we were, it would be the story of him being dropped off a 30-story 30, 30 window. It would probably be on who died the worst. Yeah. And even, you're
1: though, upside- even though we know, really, it's 29 stories. Yeah,
0: they probably don't have a 13th floor. And he's upside down, so he probably doesn't have time to do the rowboat. Right. And it's it's Canada, so they would probably say he fell a bunch of meters. David Snyder found his way to the city of his dreams after that, Hollywood, California. Uh, I thought
1: you were going to say Saratoga Springs, New York. That's the city of your dreams. That's right, it is. Ladies, <clears throat> jot that down.
0: Go ahead. And so, yeah, David was really into, like, 1950s Hollywood. Oh, me like, too. Blitz and glamour yeah, 1950s Hollywood. That's the
1: best Hollywood, man. And,
0: and he, he did try to spend some time getting into the scene there. He even bought a golden limousine. Uh, but it didn't work out for him, so Snyder retreated back to Vancouver in 1977 after the heat on him had died down.
1: Yeah, because for, for me, I've always had this thing. I remember being on, like, MySpace back in the day and just, like... It's it's not so much the the movies and stuff. It's it's just that since then we've we've gotten to know way too much behind the
0: scenes shit. Yeah, you do know more about like the personal life. And like look at the hysteria right now with like Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Right.
1: Yeah, like so I saw a thing, it was like the only Swift Kelsey, you know, I, team I give a shit about is
0: you know, it's Jason like, and DeAndre. Right. My favorite thing is like um uh once again travis kelsey scored a six mm. or something like that yeah. it's like travis kelsey uh kelsey is scoring sixes on and off the field
1: I don't, I don't agree with that i think she's i I always thought she was very attractive i remember uh our buddy nate i remember nate did not he thought she looked like an alien <laughs> I, I, okay I, you know takes all kinds but anyway listen um um what the hell was i saying
0: I don't know. I don't know either. Something about old Hollywood. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Old Hollywood.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I always had this thing with old like it, it's it's just that, like I want, you know, I want to know like Clark Gable is this larger than life person. I don't want to know about Clark Gable's personal fucking life. I don't want to know if he's, you know, getting it in the ass by some fuck. I don't give a shit. I don't care about if they're fucking shooting heroin in their dicks. I don't care about this stuff. Right, it's it's none of my business. I don't care about that. I just I want to look at them as something larger than life. That's that like social media and all this stuff ruins so much for. Like I want Hulk Hogan to be Hulk Hogan. I I thought, I thought until the day I die. I'm serious when mm-hmm. I say this. I thought I was going to see Hulk Hogan as this like like larger than life fucking dude. Then you find out it's like ah he says racist. Okay, so what we all do, but like you just. You find out he's just this liar car. And I know it's like wrestling. You shouldn't be surprised. But I still wanted to buy into the fucking hype that is just this, you know, larger than life. Good guy. You know, mm-hmm.
0: and Train, then, say your prayers, take your vitamins. But
1: then you, you you see all the behind the scenes stuff. And it's like, ah, I saw Hulk Hogan's dick. You, you know, did. you did. Not really. I'm just saying I did. Remember the, the sex tape? I know it was a sexy. I didn't watch it. You, I, I, didn't, you didn't look at it? No, I did not. What are you, gay? No. Oh. Um, Bubba the Love Sponge's wife, wasn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Fellas, is it gay to not watch Hulk Hogan have sex?
1: No, it was Bubba the Lo- Spo- uh, Love Sponge's chick. Really. Yeah,
0: Heather Clem, I believe, was her name.
1: Yeah. Oh, did you say Clem? Clem. Oh, Clem.
0: Because that, that's Bubba the Love Sponge's last name. Right, yeah. His name's like Todd Clem. Yeah. But I think he changed it to Bubba the Love Sponge Clem. Did he really? Yeah.
1: Huh. Um, I honestly don't even know if you were able to see his penis in I, yeah, I in never, the thing. I'm pretty it. sure it was like super fuzzy, um, f- you know, footage. But but the thing is, is like, I just I don't know, man. I, you don't want to see any of that. You don't want to see your fucking like these guys that that you think are larger than life. It just are normal fucking people. Yeah. I, and and that's so I understand like the whole glitz and glam of old Hollywood. I, You know, I like that. I mean, obviously, these are just real fucking people that have
0: real yeah. problems and whatever. They're just normal men. What's up? What's they're from? just innocent men. What's that for? You never saw it? It's like this video. It's like a British children's show. And it's a puppet bear and this girl. And they're like ending the show. And they're like face to face. The actress is like face to face with the puppet. And the puppet just goes. We're all normal. I was like, we're just normal men. And she's like. Kind of giggling, like, what? Like, we just innocent men. And she starts busting up laughing.
1: No, I have no idea. Oh,
0: okay. And what, um, what was it for? Uh, some British
1: kids show. <laughs> no, I've never heard of it. Huh. So anyway,
0: back anyway, to the story. That's neither
1: here nor there. It's there. In merry old England. Pip
0: pip. Uh, now Snyder, remember, is now back in Vancouver, has left Hollywood. It didn't work out for him. It's around 1978, and Snyder's going to go straight now. Uh, he's he's not gonna be a pimp he's not gonna be the jewish pimp or the any other religion pimp he's avoiding the men who exiled him and the law in equal measure and early in 1978 paul snyder walks into the east vancouver dairy queen where Dorothy hoogstratten 18 was working she is now 18 years old and immediately david snyder was Paul Snyder, who David Snyder is. Paul Snyder. Maybe his cousin. Uh, David, uh, Paul Snyder was smitten. He also saw dollar signs. The young woman carried herself in a way that made her seem older than her years. Uh, the striking five foot nine blonde was a perfect combination of bombshell starlet and girl next door. Though, in Dorothy's mind, it was one of those like dysmorphia things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess she was a late bloomer. Uh, she was still the tall, awkward girl described by some as plain with big hands. <laughs> You never want to be described as playing with big hands. No, then you'll become a part of an episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who hadn't yet grown into her beauty. Snyder persuaded uh, one of Dorothy's co-workers to provide him with her phone number. That's
1: that's such a fucking great insult, though. Like, yeah, she's playing with big hands. Yeah. I, I heard this, this one insult. There was this guy, this dude, and this girl. I don't know if it was, like, Omegle, or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. And they were like... Kind of talking shit to each other, and he said, he goes to where he's like, he said something like, "Bitch, you look easy to draw." <laughs> <laughs> that's a good line. You look easy to draw. <laughs>
0: that's a good one.
1: That's fucking horrible. I mean, it's good. It's a good line, but I mean, I, she, you—if you read the comments on that, it's like, oh, yeah, all right, that's how are you gonna come back from that. You look easy to
0: draw. Do you ever? Do You, you remember the game Guess Who, right? Yeah, of course i remember there was this one youtube video i saw once and it was like guess who but it's vibes so like the vibe you get from the, the drawing and it's like so instead of like does this person wear glasses does this person wear a hat it was like is this person racist do they look racist yeah <laughs> um so so now paul snyder has uh found Dorothy at the dairy queen in east vancouver and he's smitten and he asks one of the co-workers to uh Get those digits, as they say, back, again, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Break off the math. Yeah. Um, Though not immediately drawn to David, Dorothy did find comfort in finding someone who would care for her. She never had the luxuries of life. She was in a a single-parent household. Her dad skipped town. And David showered her with clothes, jewelry, an upscale apartment, and hopes for a brighter future. I don't know why more girls didn't do that
1: back in the 90s. So some guys would say corny shit like that, like, yo, break off the math. I remember I had a friend, John, that would say that. I was so fuck, yo, like, yo, girl, yo, break off the math. He thought he was being really cool. Mm-hmm. They should have wrote equations <laughs> and just handed him fucking <laughs> a paper with equations on it. And shit. I'm
0: leaving this conversation in a train headed towards St. Louis going 55 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. Your chances are going south to Tampa. And then it turns in a into b- a- Scott Steiner. Yeah. Fucking. You have a promo. I have a you have a thirty third one hundred and forty-four and three fourths chance of not getting a date with me. Um so I, but 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 uh Paul Snyder. I keep putting David here. I'm just making sure I have his name right. It's Paul Snyder, I believe. But you do have David written there a I bunch. I have David Snyder a lot. It's Paul Snyder. I don't know where oh, because I guess the star of David, maybe. It, it's, oh, that's
1: so fucking oh, You're such an ant. <laughs> <laughs> anti-semite
0: you're just I you. calling him <laughs> any jewish guys named david now david. they're all named after a star oh jesus christ it, it's paul snyder Ugh. it's paul snyder uh snyder persuaded uh dorothy's co-worker to get get him the break off the money. wasn't he the guy that uh was with david letterman that was paul schaefer paul schaefer um, so yeah so paul was giving her clothes jewelry running an apartment for her uh said he was gonna make her a star but it wasn't all materialistic uh Paul would cook for her, sing songs, and play guitar for her. And he was always he always had that like brash, tough guy. Like he had that big front going on. Yeah. But then behind closed doors, he would actually be vulnerable with her and kind of be more sensitive. Uh, and Paul did believe that he had a, a Hollywood inroad for himself and Dorothy later on in 1978. Mm-hmm, excuse me. When Playboy magazine, a publishing giant at the time, this is kind of at the height of Playboy's power as a, uh, a media thing. I guess maybe the 60s, they were really big too, but Playboy was still a big deal. Uh, they announced the Great Playmate Hunt to find the centerfold for their 25th anniversary issue, as well as their next big star, and Paul knew that Dorothy would be perfect for this. It was more a matter of convincing the young, naive Dorothy to agree. Uh, quote, It took him a little while To talk me into agreeing to taking some test pictures, Dorothy said in a later interview with a local Canadian TV station, I had never taken my clothes off for anyone I didn't know. It took me uh, about two weeks to agree. Uwe Meyer, the German photographer who had been called in just a month earlier by Paul to take pictures for Dorothy's graduation dance. Is that how you say that? Uwe, I believe. It's Uwe. like Uwe. Uwe! Uwe! Meyer. No, not unless you're uh, Mr. Meeseeks. I uh, thought so it was Mr. Mr. Poopy, Poopy, Poopy Butthole. Yeah. Mr. Poopy Butthole. Yeah, but that's, yeah, it's Mr. Poopy Butthole. So, yeah, a month before this, uh, this German photographer is being brought in to take pictures for Dorothy's graduation dance in, like, a frilly white dress. And they call him back and say, hey, hey, Uwe, uh, can you shoot some nudes for us now? Uh, so they so they did, and he does. They, um, they do a nude pictorial to submit to Playboy for the contest. Even during the shoot, Dorothy initially clung to a small article of clothing at first, trying to cover up, but she later grew more comfortable. She was eager to please Meyer told Teresa Carpenter for the Village Voice article. I hesitated to rearrange her breasts, thinking it might upset her, but she said, "Do whatever you like.", uh, wanting to make sure he got it right, Paul also enlisted a second photographer, Ken Honey, fake name or actually a great name. That is a perfect name for a great foreign- name. For a, uh, for a nude photographer, yeah. Ken Honey. Hey, my name's Ken Honey. Ken Honey Productions. Uh, he had shot Playboy models before, and they wanted to get him to do some more pictures, like, more professionally, more, like, of the style. Honey, however, had a better understanding of Canadian law than Meyer did, and realized that 18-year-old Dorothy needed a parental release, as the age of adulthood in British Columbia is actually 19. So technically she was a child in the eyes of BC law at this point. Yeah, that's fucking weird. Reluctant to reveal what she was doing to her uh, doing to her family, Dorothy ultimately managed to convince her mother to sign the release. He sent me the pictures Marilyn Grabowski, Playboy's West Coast photo editor th- at the time, told ABC News Magazine 2020, and I wanted her on the next plane, so she knew. She knew, like, yeah, this girl is, is what we're looking for when Dorothy rechristened Dorothy Stratton by Playboy. Uh, yeah, they, they told her to lose the Hoog Stratton name and to trim up her hair. I guess she had really long hair and they wanted it a little more like shoulder length. Mm-hmm. Uh, she made it to the top 16 of the Playmate search, where she ultimately lost out to another model named Candy Loving. According to fellow Playmate Jenna Tomasina, eventually Jenna Keough, um, who would later go on to star in ZZ Top videos and The Real Housewives of Orange County, the decision came down to Playboy believing that Loving uh, candy Loving, at the time a college senior at the University of Oklahoma would be better equipped to handle the spotlight at the time. Playboy magnet Hugh Hef- Playboy magnet Hugh Hefner, excuse me, did see Dorothy's potential, though, and she was named the Playmate of the Month for August 1979, and she was given steady work as a bunny in Century City's Playboy Club and parked to keep the Canadian citizen in the country legally. She mainly worked the front door, though, because, as a guest greeter, because she was too young to serve alcohol. She was only um, uh, 19 at the time. Dorothy and Paul settled in West L.A., and according to Hefner, Paul proposed right away. David Wilder, an agent who would tried to bridge other playmates into acting careers, immediately saw big potential in Dorothy as well. A quality like Dorothy Stratton's comes by once in a lifetime, Wilder told the village voice, she was exactly what this town likes, a beautiful girl who can act. Dorothy was cast in a small, non-speaking part in the political comedy Americathon, a farce where a president, played by John Ritter, holds a telethon to save a not-too-distant future America that has fallen apart. Hmm. She essentially played a Playboy bunny who sat by while a character played by the singer Meatloaf gave blood. The special appear or this appearance gave uh, way to guest spots on a Playboy TV special, as well as episodes of Fantasy Island and the uh, that current version, the late seventies version of Buck Rogers in the Twenty Fifth Century. Dorothy also secured a bit role in the comedy Skate Town USA, starring Scott Bayo, Flip Wilson, and a young Patrick Swayze, which was primarily written by Halloween star Nick Castle. Oh wow! Yeah, I guess he wrote a movie about rollerblade roller skating in the nineteen late 70s yeah
1: this thing where when you're talking and you wipe your nose and it like gets all muffled
0: playboy was also proving successful with dorothy being named the 1980 playmate of the year so yeah yeah i i know the name i know i know
1: her name i just i when i asked what we were doing this week you um You had said that you had said, you know, who it was. And I was like, oh, okay. I've heard her name. I just didn't know really anything about her. But yeah, for I guess for whatever reason, I knew that. Oh, I know why. Because I looked at a lot of Playboys growing up.
0: That would probably do. That's probably why. Dorothy starred in the exploitation film Autumn Born* as well, uh, which bridged her her to her first legit starring role or at least a lead role. In the low-budget sci-fi space western parody Galaxina, which starred Stratton in the titular role, an android in a skin-tight suit who was a servant of to the crew of an intergalactic space police vessel before eventually taking command herself. Now, now she, does she end up doing, like, actual porn, or is it just, like, softcore shit, or um, She didn't do actual porn. That Autumn Born movie was... it was... Like, a sexual exploitation movie, but I don't think there was too much in nudity in it. It was all... From what I understand, like, uh, I, I tried to find a lot, a little more about it, but it was hard to really get anything of detail. Yeah. It was kind of like softcore porn, where I don't think there was a lot of, like, sex or nudity. Like, she was definitely scantily clad through a lot of it, but it was, like, kind of BDSM things. It was, like, I... She played, like, a rich 17-year-old girl who's uncle like is plotting against her and gets her sent to like a, a a discipline camp or something like that so they say it's very unsettling because of what what we'll find out happens to her but like a lot of the movies is her getting beaten
1: wow yeah
0: okay so i guess it's like a like a softcore bdsm type thing
1: well, i mean a good thing that that doesn't yeah you know, nothing like bad like that happens in real life
0: well something worse may have happened uh but we'll get there say what Fractures Huh, here we what a time. Fractures were starting to form between Dorothy and Paul Snyder. Uh the two had married in ni- uh, the two had married in nineteen seventy nine, but higher ups in Playboys seemed to loathe Snyder as much as they loved Stratton. She knew I had serious reservations, Hugh Hefner later said about Dorothy and Paul. I had sufficient reservations that I checked out in terms of a possible police record in Canada. I said to her that he had a pimp-like quality about him.
1: Yeah, it's probably because he was a pimp. Yeah, he was a pimp. It's probably that pimp thing he yeah. had. It's funny because when I I saw a picture of him, I'm looking and I go, "Oh, he's not a bad-looking guy." And I was like, "Yeah, he, he's totally looks like he's a pimp." Before I knew anything about him. Yep. And then uh, literally a pimp. you like, "Yep, yeah, he's a pimp. He's the Jewish pimp." And I'm like, "Oh, okay."
0: While Dorothy seemed to be moving toward legitimate stardom, Paul was promoting wet t-shirt contests and delving into the promotion of male exotic dancers some of his contemporaries in that field became responsible for the chippendales brand paul was obsessed with dorothy not only being his wife and his client he acted as her manager but also his ticket to stardom he saw her as the next marilyn monroe and even got vanity license plates for his mercedes that said star 80 because she was going to be the star of the 80s but many around dorothy believe that she stayed with paul out of a sense of obligation and loyalty rather than love Paul was reportedly caught trying to make out with other girls at the Playboy Mansion Grotto and was eventually told that he could only visit there when accompanied by Dorothy, according to, according to Playboy Social Secretary Allison Reynolds. Their relationship broke for good when Dorothy got a major role in the film They All Laugh, uh, which saw her again acting with John Ritter, this time as his love interest, in a film that also starred Audrey Hepburn and Ben Gazzara. Hmm. More importantly to our story... The film was written and directed by actor director Peter Bogdanovich.
1: Yeah, Peter Bogdanovich, um, I believe, ended up living or rooming with uh, my namesake, Wells. Oh. Orson Wells. Uh, I believe Peter Bogdanovich. Huh. Yeah, interesting. I, I could be wrong about it. I'm going to check that out. But I'm pretty sure Bogdanovich uh, and Orson Welles were, uh, were buddies.
0: Peter's first wife and frequent creative collaborator was Polly Platt, whom he married in 1962. The couple had two children together before splitting in 1971. And that split came when Peter left Polly for Sybil Shepard, a 21-year-old model he had casted in her acting debut in the last picture show
1: yeah yeah they were what's that yeah they yeah or, uh wells lived with bogdanovich huh he stayed um uh wells was staying with him for a while hmm. at some point but yeah they were really they were really good friends
0: yeah so he, again his, uh, his first marriage nine-year marriage ends because he casts a 21 year old model in his movie and decides he's going to be with her now Uh, Bogdanovich and Shepard split in 1978, and history was due to repeat itself. While Peter's tryst with Shepard was very, very public, he had a very quiet, very secretive affair with Dorothy Stratton while filming They All laugh in New York. One of the few Peter confided in, however, was Hugh Hefner. Paul Snyder's suspicions, however, were rising. He... Paul rising. I'm mad about that joke. He detected changes in Dorothy's demeanor. She was more reluctant to talk at length. She wouldn't return his I love you's. Eventually, while on opposite sides of, sides of the country, she's in New York, he's in LA, Dorothy started screening out Paul's calls, which sounds like it could be like a Blue's clue spinoff. Paul's calls. Right. Yeah. The two, uh, Paul, and Darth, uh, Paul and Dorothy met sometime later in Canada while Dorothy's mother was getting remarried, and Paul grew enraged by Dorothy's request for more freedom. Let the bird fly, Dorothy asked to Paul. Very momentarily, their meeting led to a reconciliation, and in Paul's version, makeup sex, but uh, others deny that. But Paul turned down Dorothy's offer to leave Hollywood for a quiet life together in Vancouver, which maybe she was just testing him out because it's like it wasn't just that she, uh, that he was like in love with her. It was like, oh, she's gonna make me money, she's gonna be a star. And so when she says, "No, let's go back to Vancouver and have a quiet life together, he's like, no, no, you're staying in Hollywood. So that might have even been like, okay, he just wants me for my fame. Who knows? Uh, that essentially did end the relationship, though. In June of 1980, Wayne Alexander, Dorothy's, and Peter Bogdanovich's attorney, sent Paul a letter declaring Dorothy and him, quote, physically and financially separated. What a way to What a way to describe a breakup. We're physically and financially separated. For t-
1: but to find out, like, from from your lawyer. <laughs>
0: Well, I think they, they, I think she, they, when they had that discussion in Canada, they were like, yeah, well, it's probably best to break this off. Uh, for a time, Paul moved in a 17 year old grocery clerk named Patty Larman into the apartment he used to share with, uh, with, with Dorothy. And there was also another guy there. Like, they just had people living in the place. And I think it might have been a house, not an apartment. Uh, and, and Paul thought he could turn Patty into like this new Playboy superstar. She, he, she, she kind of had that kind of similar look. But it was never meant to be. For one thing, the people at Playboy fucking hated him, and they didn't want anything to do with him. They were like, no, don't come around here, don't bring anybody around here. Uh, there were times when he talked to me and he would start crying, Patty later said. He would sit on the couch and play his guitar and he'd wrote songs to Dorothy. And while Dorothy, now living in, with Bogdanovich in New York, aimed for an amicable end to her and Paul's relationship, including a financial compensation settlement for him, Despite urges from both Bogdanovich and Hefner, Dorothy secretly agreed to meet with Paul in the apartment they formerly shared, and the meeting occurred on August 14th, 1980.
1: So that is, um, my grandfather's birthday, which is, It uh, was
0: more like a few months after you.
1: No, no, no. No, it birthday, not birth date. Um... But that's uh, his birthday, and it was the year I was born, yeah. How old was my grandfather? He was born in 32. So was he 48? Yes. So he was. that was the day of my grandfather's 48th birthday. Mm-hmm. These people had this meeting.
0: Yep. He wasn't invited. No, he wasn't. It's a good thing. Yeah. Patty Larman and Dr. Stephen Kushner, another housemate and friend of they didn't wanna
1: They don't want to buy him cake. Probably not. Is that why?
0: Eh, there might have been some other stuff going on. Oh. Uh, Patty Larman and Dr. Stephen Kushner, another housemaid and friend of Dorothy's, and literally just her friend, because that's, like, an old show business slang for, uh, for a gay guy, a friend of Dorothy. Oh, really? Yeah, because of, um, because there was always that, that thing of, like, gay guys love Judy Garland, and she played Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, so, like, th- there was, like, this code for a gay man was called a friend of Dorothy in Hollywood. For oh, okay. Uh... They had heard Dorothy and Paul talking and assumed they had reconciled. After hours of silence, though, they checked in and they opened the door uh, to Paul's area of the house when they knocked and nobody answered. Quote, it looked like it was a horror movie, a staged horror movie, like Mannequins and Fake Blood, Patty Larman recalled after finding Paul and Dorothy both naked and shot to death. The ensuing police investigation determined that Paul Snyder raped Dorothy and shot her with a 12-gauge shotgun, but it's unclear if it happened in that order. They think he may have shot her and, then, and killed her and then raped her. Uh, and then he turned the gun on himself. The ensuing years saw longtime friends Hefner and Bogdanovich casting blame on one another for Dorothy's death. Citing the, uh, it was uh, Bogdanovich kind of started that. He cited the culture created by Hefner and Playboy for playing a role in the killing, as well as many other societal problems. In his 1984 book, The Killing of a Unicorn, about his relationship with Dorothy and her subsequent death. And that title is actually referenced in the Red Hot Chili Peppers mm-hmm. uh, song Californication. It's like uh, something about a unicorn. Uh, something butterfly. Isn't it? No. No, it's right before that Dream of Californication line. It's, yeah, there's a line about a unicorn and it's about Dorothy Stratton because I guess that song is about uh, the dark side of Hollywood. Okay.
1: Maybe I'll think of something else, that there was something with like butterfly in it.
0: Yeah, it's like uh firstborn unicorn, hardcore soft porn, dream of californication. Oh, uh, okay. And she was the firstborn in her family. Um, Hefner, who blamed a stroke he suffered around the time on Bogdanovich's claims, said, quote, Darthy's tragic death was not motivated in any way by her associated association with Playboy, but clearly by the breakup of her marriage because of the affair with peter bogdanovich he's like motherfucker no it's not because of playboy it's because you you fucking cheated on a man you had an affair with a married woman and her husband shot her it's your fault basically um he knew about that affair for a long time bogdanovich claimed he never did anything about it the playboy mansion was his bread and butter the murder was caused because hefner banned him from the mansion uh, according to bogdanovich so again back and forth back and forth Hefner also denied Bogdanovich's claim that Hefner had made unwanted advances towards Stratton, pressuring her into sexual situations. He said there was never anything sexual uh, between himself and Dorothy Stratton, Hefner did. In 1983, the film Star 80, the title taken from uh, Paul Snyder's license plate, was released. It was directed by Bob Fosse and was inspired uh, by the Village Voice article we've referenced a lot in this retelling. Mariel Hemingway starred as Stratton, Eric Roberts as Snyder, and Cliff Robinson as Hefner. I had uh,
1: such a fucking crush on Mariel Hemingway. She um, obviously is the granddaughter of Ernest Hemingway. Mm-hmm. And she was in one of my favorite movies from the 90s. John Candy movie, Delirious. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not familiar, John Candy's a writer. He gets whacked in the head with a trunk, uh, a car trunk. And it knocks him out and now he he sees this girl and he's he starts fantasizing about this girl like while he's knocked out and then um it's just like romantic comedy. But uh when I saw it, I was I was fucking smitten, instantly smitten with her. I my mom said that I even wrote like letters to, oh, okay. to like Mariel Hemingway. I never I don't think I ever fucking mailed them. Uh I, I, she probably How took did you them. get her address? I guess we just mail them to her agent or something. I probably wrote them and my mom probably took them saying she would mail it. Yeah. And probably didn't mail it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like my mom was probably like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll get it. Yeah. Th- it'll go with Santa. It'll go in a Santa fucking pile. But anyway, I I uh, I wrote a letter to her and um man, I was I was fucking I I thought she was so fucking I th- I thought she was a fucking a, 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 a dreamboat uh fucking smoke show. Um hot. So yeah. I did not think that about Peter Bogdanovich, though. No. No.
0: Uh, veteran stage actor Roger Rees played Aram Nicholas, a stand in for Bogdanovich, whose name was changed to avoid a legal fight. Roger Rees. You would know him. I yeah, I know a, I know his face. You yeah. He played the Sheriff of Rottingham that's, that's, in that's Robin it. Hood Men yep. and Tights.
1: Yeah, he had a very Peter Niven look about him. He's dead uh, now, by the way. Roger Eises? Yeah, he's dead. Really?
0: Yeah. Bogdanovich stayed close with Dorothy's family, too close for the liking of some. Near the end of 1988, a 49-year-old Bogdanovich married 20-year-old Louise Hugstraten, Dorothy's younger half-sister. What? Whom Hefner accused him of seducing when she was as young as 13. Oh,
1: Jesus Christ. Okay. He,
0: he also accused Bogdanovich of paying for Louise to have plastic surgery to look more like Dorothy. Bogdanovich later sued Hefner over the claims, but the case was dropped. Peter and Louise divorced in 2001, so they're married for like over 20 years. And they continued to live together after they divorced, along with uh, Dorothy's mother, Nellie. But No. 10 years. 10 years. Yeah, sorry. 10 years. Um and they uh they they still lived together afterward in an unassuming apartment in Tuluca Lake, California and they collaborated collaborated on some of Peter's final films. Uh Bogdanovich died on January 6, 2022. Speaking with director Richard Linkletter after a September 2022 screening of Bogdanovich's film Nickelodeon for the Austin Film Society, Louise revealed she was working on finding a publisher for Peter's memoir. All I want to do is direct. And uh, this case did come up recently in a Hulu miniseries called Welcome to Chippendales, uh, starring um, Camille Nanjiani. Okay. And it was a key component of the first episode because I guess the guy who started Chippendales kind of knew Paul Snyder from when he was, like, booking these male strip shows uh, when they first moved to L.A. Oh, shit. Wow. Uh, but, yeah, that is the story of uh, the tragic end of Dorothy Stratton. Yeah, that's, that's so fucking
1: unfortunate, man so unfortunate that, that these that these guys go crazy for these you know for these women and it's like they they don't realize that if they just let the situation breathe mm-hmm. that they can find somebody else to be smitten about
0: yeah but and 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 i guess that's the hefner and the bogdanovich side like hefner side is yeah, he was he was lovesick. He was obsessed with this girl. The girl left him for this director, so he killed her. Right. And then Bogdanovich's side is like, no, he was he knew we were having an affair. He didn't do anything about it for a long time. And then he got banned from the Playboy mansion. His meal ticket was gone, and that's why he did it. So it's probably yeah, everybody's, a little
1: bit of both. It's, uh, yeah, it's probably a little column A, a little column B. And uh, you know, but to sit there and, and and point fingers is so petty. Yeah. You know. Um, But, hey, it's done and over with. And just like this show, and I got to run now. Nope,
0: we got to do something else real quick. Damn it. Let me go. It's time for another game of Who Died ah! the Worst. That's right, everybody. It's time for your favorite game and mine. Who died the worst? It's not who died the funniest. It's not who died the first. The name of the game is who died the worst. Yeah, we we know that because when
1: Nate says it in the thing, yeah, it's we kind of understood that. And I
0: also said it like three or four times after that. It really is overkill. Yeah. But anyway, speaking of kill, mm-hmm. I'm gonna give Jackson Wells over Watch here me. three deaths. Three. He's gonna tell me which of these three people died the worst. The worst death number one. Number one. Takes us to Austria. That's a place. Takes us to an Austrian zoo Ooh. in the city of Salzburg. Okay. Salzburg, Austria, where a uh, there is a couple who were both zookeepers uh, that were attacked in their uh, commission of their zookeeping job by a rhinoceros. Uh, the rhinoceros killed the woman and seriously injured the man. Uh, it doesn't say exactly how, but uh, it does say that they were attacked. Uh, And the man was injured while he tried to chase the rhino away from his wife. Uh, The woman suffered severe chest trauma because of the attack and died in the rhino enclosure. Her husband had a fractured leg. I'm going to guess that she was gore, gore, gored by the rhino. Yes. And that's That's a wrestling reference. So death number one is your zookeeper that gets attacked by a rhino. Yeah. And it causes severe chest trauma, which kills you in the rhino enclosure and now who reported this uh this was the apa uh, okay so ron simmons and uh, bradshaw and bradshaw yeah. reported it. Gotcha. or the a- it's a i guess it's a news agency in austria yes it's they, like the, they got uh, out of wrestling and protection and now they they do austrian news right it's uh
1: like like we have here the associated
0: press yeah it's probably the like associated press of austria r- yeah yeah death number two takes us to china uh she's uh, dead now no the the country of china uh, She's that, not a country. She was uh, Oh, I guess uh, it's going to be very hard to make a a wrestling reference out of the name of the province that this happened in, the uh, the Henan Hun- province. What is it? Oh, it's Bobby Henan. The Henan province. I just did it. Uh, oh, damn! I guess it was wasn't as hard as I thought it was. Yeah, it was actually quite easy.
1: Yeah. I, I, all you had to do was use your brain. I, sh- I should have. You know, I just yeah. gathered my Louiseles around.
0: You did, yeah. Mm-hmm. You did. So anyway, this is a 27-year-old fella in the Henan province uh, who was bench-pressing 100 kilograms, which I believe would be like 220 pounds. Uh, He was having a little bit of trouble, and he didn't have a spotter. And so he barely had the barbell over his chest and was trying to push it on him with J-hook when his arms gave way. Oh, uh, the shaft, with about 50 kilograms of weight on each end, damn right. rolled from his chest to his neck, pinning his head to the bench. Damn right. uh, for about 25 seconds, he desperately tried to wrench himself free. Uh, I guess he um, he tried to remove his weightlifting belt. I guess we could breathe a little easier. Uh-huh. Uh, he began having violent spasms and then suddenly went limp. Biscuit. So that's death number two. You're, you're trying to bench... A hundred kilos. Yeah, it comes crashing down and it hurts inside. Yeah, I can do the wrestling references too, and then it rolls onto your neck and you basically, I guess, suffocate. it
1: it it, it, it was rolling, 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 because mm-hmm. it went limp. Yeah, rolling, 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 yeah, like, rolling. like limp. Biscuit. And then he needed an Undertaker. He did. <laughs> I, I could also do references, wrestling references again. See, you I did them and then you did them and then I did them again. Very good.
0: I'll have the last wrestling word. Word. Death number three. Life. John uh, Cena. There you go. It's basic Thugonomics. Tough guy, Duggan. Damn it. Dugganomics. I'll get you. Exotic Adrian Street. I don't know why. I'm just I just I just watched him today. Did you? Yeah. He just died. Yeah. So death number three takes us to Ecuador.
1: Yeah, Ecuador. We have uh, friends uh, from Ecuador.
0: <laughs> Hopefully not this guy, because he died. I, I uh, said it our friend, Rich. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had Kimi. Kimmy's still
1: alive. We have Kimmy and uh, Rich. Yeah, Rich was Ecuadorian.
0: So this is Ecuador the Explorer. I actually watched this video uh, while I was putting this together. Of him dying? Kind of, yeah. Oh. You don't see the actual moment, but you see what led up to it. Oh, boy. Uh, so this guy, I guess he got locked out of his apartment on okay. the third story. So he tried to lower himself from the roof of his building using a rope. Was he Batman? No, Batman would have survived probably. Oh, okay. Um, this 52 year old man lost his grip his grip as he was scaling down the outside of the building. Uh, he was just dangling in mid air, trying to like swing onto the uh like the balcony of his apartment. Oh, so he did he own heart? He lost his grip and fell to his death. Oh, yeah, boy. Um, a neighbor filming his perilous attempt to avoid paying a locksmith. Pay the locksmith.
1: Wow, you're really trying to work in that Robin Hood today, huh?
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah, death number three is you're you're trying to swing from a rope, dangling from the roof of your building, onto your balcony, but you instead <laughs> to you your said death roof roof the roof of your
1: building roof. Uh,
0: so again, death number one right is the rhino. The rhino. Death number two is the weight and what lifter. happened with the rhino again? Uh, the zookeeper was attacked by a rhino, and suffered severe chest uh, chest trauma. Right, right. Uh, probably gored by yeah, the rhino. Probably gored by uh, the rhino. Death number two was the weightlifter guy. Yeah. And death number three was the uh, the guy dangling from a rope off his building in Ecuador. So I ask you, Jackson Wells, who died the worst? Okay. This is tough.
1: Um... Oh, this is really tough. It is. Because you have two of them that are like blunt force trauma. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure, well, I guess if you fall... It depends on how well, that's you. That's pretty traumatic too. I but guess but so. but if you crack your head, you're out right away. Mm-hmm. Like it, you're done, right away. Um, and so I take that into account, and I'm like, okay, so if that happens, and you're just like, I'd ra- That's how I would rather go. Like, yeah, it's 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 scary for those few seconds you're falling, mm-hmm. but then you're you're out. I don't know how. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take him out first. He's out. He's out. Because that's. That's the way I probably want to go out of the three. It's scary, but it's quick.
0: Then you have
1: Oh I think I have my winner.
0: Oh. We have we have a winner. The winner
1: mm-hmm. is number two. The weightlifting guy. The weightlifting guy.
0: It does seem like the most prolonged death.
1: I think that's why. I think one, you have the rhino, so I think it's going to be so fast and 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 boom, like it's just going to be like I, you're probably going to get knocked out quicker. Mm-hmm. I think with the with the weight, one, it's only two hundred something fucking pounds, you bitch, and two, <laughs> yeah. like. It's it's on your chest, so you're probably, it's it's a slower, I think that's the one that, you, you know, you're dealing, it's probably the one you're dealing with the most pain.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so. It's, and you're struggling, you, you probably think there's hope. And then you're probably like, oh my god, it's only 200 some pounds, I'm a bitch! Oh, why am I such a bitch? People, you're like, yeah, people who are stronger than me are gonna make fun of me for dying this way, you're right. probably thinking that. Yeah, only if
1: I would have done my steroids, today. I?
0: It's an upper body business, pal.
1: You know, uh. But the rhino—it was a girl, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I'm going with two. So two's the winner.
0: Two is the winner, and that is episode one sixty nine. Yeah, not one sixty eight. No, this is one sixty nine. Don't, don't let the title fool you. Yeah. Um. It is episode one sixty nine, and that that barber episode's coming any minute now. It'll be op- It'll be on sometime soon uh, yeah was, boy
1: remember when we recorded that and it for some reason wasn't uploading
0: yeah stupid anchor oh wait, it's not even anchor anymore spotify for podcasters <laughs> this shit this shit wouldn't have, wouldn't have happened under anchors no, no, it did no that's we it did. we recorded it so long
1: ago it yeah. was
0: still anchor it was still anchor yeah so anyway so anyway that's all i got what about you no that's it that's it's... so if you enjoyed this show yeah. well i'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed it, uh, dear listener. If you enjoyed it, tell somebody about it. Tell tell somebody that you think would enjoy our brand of, of true crime and and comedy. Yeah, because it'll all always be one. this. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, so let's uh, let's yeah, just tell them. Give, give them a heads up
0: that we exist. And that you exist. You do exist. And you're special. And we will see you next time with more Murder, my dude. All right, before we, we before we finish up here, I want to do a quick like teaser trailer for this, like almost like a like a trailer, you know what I mean? Right. All right, you ready? Yeah. <clears throat> Paul Snyder was a manager and no. had a wife. No. no but that's... now a director's going to steal her. No. And it's going to be murderous. Oh no, no no. Paul Snyder is the murderer.
1: That's that's Rob Schneider. Damn it. I keep getting his name wrong.